What's happening? This is Isai Rodriguez, host of the Dasplanation Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this here beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion with ginger, the new anti-inflammatory drink in our first segment. And then we'll move on to our second segment with how to become a morning person. And before we get into that, if you'd like to continue the conversation, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders community where I share more entertaining behind-the-scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger each and every day. That's podcast.dadspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.dadspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now and leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and is honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. And now, let's move into our first segment, Healthy Conversations. So in this discussion, we're going to be talking about uh, ginger as the new anti-inflammatory drink. So as you know, <laughs> ginger is a staple or, you know, the cornerstone in various cuisines from all around the globe, not only for its unique uh, spicy flavor that complements sweet and savory dishes, but because of its impressive list of health benefits. The ginger plant itself is uh, native to Southeast Asia with uh, therapeutic and medicinal usage dating back, ooh, I don't know, thousands and thousands of years. And, uh, you know, ginger is a natural root, as you know, and it's said to have uh, antioxidant and um, anti-inflammatory qualities. And it's not only used for cooking either. You can easily get the benefits of ginger while sipping on ginger water or even tea for an extra hydration boost. In fact, the benefits of ginger water basically come from the ginger itself. So ginger uh, is filled with Oh, so much, so much goodness, um, you know, that helps fight inflammation and nausea and potentially reduces pain. And that's just to name a few of the many benefits that uh, come with ginger. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence to support these claims. But of course, uh, disclaimer, more research needs to be performed in order to gather the right amount of data needed to really understand the connection between ginger and improved health, obviously. But having said that, here are some things that we can say pretty confidently. And the first is like, you know, it's it's absolutely, absolutely hydrating. And here's why. Because ginger water naturally encourages you to 
drink and consume more water, <laughs> which is super important since proper hydration is key. It's vital to nearly all of your body's functioning. Like that's the number one thing is hydration. Everything from digestion to preventing headaches to, uh, you know, can all be helped by staying more hydrated than you are right now. And lots of people struggle with this. Like they struggle to drink enough water and they don't even know it, you know? So adding an herbal twist is a really good way. It's, a, it's an excellent way to enhance the taste and increase your overall hydration, you know, because if, you know, if your water tastes better, you know, you're going to drink more of it, period, you know? Not only that, but it can also fight inflammation. So much like the ginger itself, uh, ginger water can help prevent inflammation. So there's a compound um, within ginger called gingerol. And this, this compound uh, has anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties, um, which reduce oxidative stress in the body or what's known as oxidative stress. And now this is huge. Like this is a huge thing because this type of stress, well, it, it can destroy cells. It does destroy cells. It destroys your cells, your protein, and even your DNA. And so this all contributes to your aging, like your body aging, getting older and simply breaking down. You know what I mean? <laughs> And just in case you're not sure what I mean by oxidative, uh, oxidative stress, it's oxidative stress is a state uh, where your body goes through when there's too many free radicals floating around in your body. These free radicals, these molecules that your body naturally produces during normal metabolic processes causes you to get older faster. You know, they basically, again, they, they basically break down your body prematurely. But since this compound, this gingerol is still retained when creating ginger water, you'll be able to take advantage of these anti-inflammatory and antioxidant benefits, even though they're, you know, slightly less potent since the ginger is essentially diluted with water, you'll still get the benefits. And now ginger can also help fight uh, things like nausea and indigestion. It's actually a pretty common uh, quote unquote uh, home remedy, uh, you know, used to bring relief from, from nausea and, ind and indigestion. In fact, that's why people reach for ginger candies if they feel nauseated or the old myth of, you know, ginger ale as being this sort of magical drink for an untamed or upset stomach. Ginger, ginger water also helps control your fasting blood sugar levels and has shown signs of being able to reduce HbA1c levels for those people that suffer from type 2 diabetes. And that, that, is, that alone is... is, is more than enough reason for many to, you know, to drink ginger water. And, and all of these findings, these are, these are all findings from a small study done in 2015 about the effects of, you know, ginger on your overall health. Now, obviously, as with many of these smaller studies, as we've discussed in the past, uh, more research is always needed to really strengthen these result findings. But this is still promising news for, you know, simply for uh, its effects on long-term management of your blood sugar and, uh, you know, helping people with metabolic uh, disorders. 
And as far as reported side effects go, they're simply rare. So feel free to enjoy it as you like within moderation, of course. <laughs> Everything is always with moderation, you know what I mean? If you notice the common denominator, as they say, it's like you can enjoy anything in life with moderation. <laughs> Actually, speaking of moderation, some studies have found that uh, ingesting more than four grams per day might actually cause an, a, an adverse effect, which will end up causing things like heartburn, gas, upset stomach, or even a, a, like a burning sensation in the mouth, rather than the opposite of, you know, relieving these sort of symptoms. So be careful, again, with how much you're taking in because i suppose that could be considered a side effect you know if you're i guess if you're ingesting too much and then um you end up with a burning sensation in your mouth or something <laughs> because the reality is at the end of the day you know some people can't even stand the, the strong taste of ginger itself and they'd much rather deal with the side effects than the taste so all these benefits may just be a matter of whether you enjoy the taste of ginger or not for me, I actually love the taste. I'm the type that orders ginger ale at a restaurant simply because of the fact that, you know, I like it. Not because I've got an upset stomach or anything like that. But if you're adventurous, just like ginger tea, it's easy to DIY this baby at home. Really, all you need are, well, <laughs> some ginger and uh, water. You know, I'm pretty sure that's pretty simple to come by and um, easy to make. And, you know, you can, you can add a touch of honey to lighten the strong flavor of the ginger. But all in all, it's pretty straightforward to prepare. Actually, all you have to do is get yourself about a teaspoon of freshly grated ginger and then about four cups of water. And in this, you know, afterwards, you can add, if you'd like, um, you know, half teaspoon of honey or lemon slices or, you know, that's optional. Uh, but, but the core uh, components, <laughs> obviously, again, is the ginger and the water. So one teaspoon of freshly grated ginger, preferably. I mean, I guess you can slice it if you want but uh, if you have a grater that's that's even better so you grate the uh the ginger and again maybe about a teaspoon's worth and um you just you boil that in four cups of water or so so again first you boil the four cups of water in a large pot or kettle and then once the water is boiling add the grated ginger and let that boil for, I don't know, 30 to uh, 60 seconds. Then remove the pot from the heat and let the ginger steep for 5 to 10 minutes or so. And then to pour it out, easy peasy. You can use a, uh, a cheesecloth or some other straining material you have um, and pour the water through it to remove the pieces of ginger. Simple. If you'd like, add a bit, again, add a bit of honey or lemon to your taste. And that's basically it. You can enjoy it hot or even place it in the fridge and drink it cold. That's totally up to you. But it's honestly super, super simple to prepare. It has some excellent, uber great <laughs> benefits to boot. So give it a shot. And so with that said, let's move on to our second segment, Mighty Man. So in this segment of Mighty Man, we're talking about how to become a morning person. So, <laughs> so buried deep down inside of your uh, DNA is a small, really small collection of genes that essentially applies a powerful influence on whether you're a morning person or a night person. So you heard me, being night versus a uh, morning person, this is written into your DNA. And along with these genes are a few other influencers of whether you're a morning versus a night person. So things like, you know, hormones, um, sunlight, 
your age, and even where on the planet you live, like where on this beautiful blue planet you live, can all affect whether or not uh, you're a morning or a night person. And if you're naturally more active and productive at night, is there a way to essentially override these biological and environmental influences? Like, can you intentionally change yourself into a morning person if you're a night person and vice versa you know have you ever thought like think about that and let, let me know your experiences actually like in the comments drop me some comments think about it and let me know what your experiences are have you tried becoming a morning person if you are said to be a night person or vice versa you know what what are your what are your thoughts i want to hear them because here's the thing the answer seems to be a resounding yes like absolutely hands down no questions about it <laughs> it won't i mean it won't be easy that's that's another thing and, and it might not be permanent but the answer truly appears to be yes that you can so your natural tendency to be more of a morning person or night person is sometimes called your chronotype you may you may be more familiar with this term chronotype when i put it in this uh context here um and in fact sometimes people refer to chronotypes um in terms of like in animal terms really like for instance um you may have heard the term early birds or uh night owls or wolves or um uh, dolphins you know but but there's obviously no real scientific connection between these labels and human sleep phases so whether you're up and running at the break of dawn or you're at your peak in the later hours of the day this is all more of a matter of genetics but it is possible to change your sleeping and waking cycles even if the changes don't last a lifetime and there's quite a few things you can try to help flip that morning versus night switch so if the demands of your job your school schedule your family's needs or your personal goals require you to be more active and productive during say uh you know the morning hours then i've got some doctor recommended tips for you that'll help line up your sleep schedule to fit your life so first you have to think about this uh, transition or flipping of the switch at, in terms of like baby steps um, you know little by little so sleep experts uh, recommend that you start by going to sleep 20 minutes earlier each night and working your way up to two or three hours earlier you know what I mean so you start with 20 minutes and then the following day maybe 25 and then the day after that maybe 30 minutes like you're gonna work your way from 20 minutes uh, up to two hours Hours. and maybe maybe 20 minutes is way too much you know maybe maybe you personally want to start with you know 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever the case but the, the point is to start little by little baby steps you know incremental changes each day until you get up to you know two or three hours um, earlier than your normal bedtime routine and you'll notice that over a period of a few weeks um, as you slowly move or incrementally change your um, your nighttime ritual to be earlier and earlier you'll you'll eventually find a bedtime hour that allows you to get the right amount of sleep before your alarm goes off and your day begins so again little by little don't go from a 2 a.m. bedtime to 12 midnight because that just ain't gonna work <laughs> you might be able to do that once or twice 
guys, but it certainly won't be a sustainable thing and you'll be right back where you started. You see, your body has an inner clock that sets your circadian rhythms. That clock is highly sensitive to changes in light. In fact, your body is capable of releasing the sleep-inducing hormone uh, melatonin in response to sunset colored light. But on the other hand, blue light stimulates a wake-up response in your body. So it's quite the opposite. It has quite the opposite uh, reaction in your body uh, or for your body. And as you know, blue light is all around us these days from our phones, you know, our watches, televisions, laptops, even your car's headlights. They're all blue light. You know what I mean? And even though blue light is all around us and keeps up up at night, you can, you can actually use this light sensitivity to your benefit. So if you limit your exposure to devices that give off this blue light, again, you know, phones and tablets, televisions, etc. By limiting your exposure when it gets close to bedtime, maybe opting for night lights or bedside lamps with, you know, amber or red bulbs that imitate the sleepy time sunset colors, you can let the lighting help you realign your body's natural internal clock. Now, I know that for a lot of you, going to sleep isn't as easy as simply turning off the lights. You have to remember that most likely you're trying to override a lifelong habit of nighttime activity. Your habits weren't formed overnight. You know what I mean? This is that's that's why sleep experts recommend this whole little by little step by step approach uh, because again, just like your night habits uh, versus your morning habits were not forged overnight, this realignment, this reconditioning, this recalibration of your um of your sleep habits also is not going to happen overnight so it might help to create routines that send a sort of bedtime signal to your brain and here's what i'm talking about you can try some things like stretching meditation deep breathing um aromatherapy i heard is good uh, reading books excellent thing you know for for getting you in that mood journaling it goes right along with you know reading books even um even yoga there's um <laughs> you know me and yoga I, i'm always uh i'm always throwing it in there but there are um certain routines that are labeled as like nighttime or bedtime yoga you can even try this um and, and it kind of goes along with the whole stretching thing and this and other calming rituals may help you develop a nice and relaxing nighttime routine that'll help you get that earlier start to your sleep cycle and as your sleep cycle begins to change you might notice changes to your energy levels which will quickly show in your productivity and overall mood that's regardless like it's it's almost guaranteed in fact I highly suggest you make a note of these changes as you experience them because reviewing these uh, positive changes will essentially help you stay motivated on those days when you know when you're feeling a bit sleepy or disoriented or or as I like to call it quote unquote, out of it. You know, when, you, when you're not all there, you're just kind of, you know, you're just kind of out of it. You're kind of in a fog. You're not uh, mentally, you're not all there. You know, I, I know we've all had these issues before, or is it just me? I don't know. Oh, here's something for you. Studies show that when people go after long-term goals, they're more likely to stay motivated if they see smaller accomplishments along the way. So as you plan your strategy for becoming more of a morning person, think about different ways to reward yourself when you do these hard things because let's face it changing your bedtime schedule again it's not an easy task but it can be done and if you reward yourself here and there it'll be a lot easier trust me and you 
you know the things that matter most to you. Use your daily or weekly achievements to micro-motivate yourself. Have them give you little boosts along the way, you know? Always keep an eye on your larger or, you know, more aspirational goals because these little changes in your sleep patterns can take some time to reverse, you know? And because these changes in your sleep patterns can take some time to reverse, don't be discouraged. It might even help to remind yourself why you began this journey. What's so important that you need to change your sleep cycles? You know, did you want to get a degree, uh, increase your income, be fit, <laughs> build a business? What was it for you? Ask yourself that. And if the practical reason isn't enough of a motivator, then you might benefit from what behavioral researchers call superordinate goals. And these are simply higher level goals. Sometimes we get so specific about what our goals are, which is normally a great thing, you know? But sometimes we need to take a step back, maybe take a breath or two and just refocus on the bigger picture for a minute and then focus back onto the details after gathering our thoughts. And let's not allow eating habits to get in our way of progress either. A research analysis done in 2020 found that night people tend to eat their dinner meal much later in the day than morning people do. These studies also showed that they mostly tend to skip breakfast, eat fewer vegetables, and consume more caffeine and alcohol than morning types. Now, let me ask you this. Does that sound healthy to you? <laughs> I don't think so. I see you nodding your heads out there. <laughs> No, but really, if your goal is to fall asleep earlier and wake up earlier, you might want to change and adapt your eating habits so they promote better sleep. Now, of course, I have a recommendation here. I generally do. The recommendation that I found is that you limit caffeine and alcohol close to bedtime and eat your largest meal earlier in the day, maybe an early dinner or a larger lunch, something like that. You can also use exercise to move your sleep phase earlier in the evening. <laughs> you know, there's a there was a study recently that tracked the exercise and sleep patterns of about 52 individuals showed that people who are considered night owls could actually move up their sleep cycle to an earlier time of the day simply by exercising either in the morning or in the evening. So you can totally drop in a workout session into your day, you know, to help with this transition. It also went on to say that once you've shifted to a more morning oriented sleep cycle, you should exercise early in the day to preserve your new sleeping pattern. Maybe this is why I enjoy working out um, in the morning. I don't know. But they say that it'll keep you going easier over time. I, I you know, I guess it, it helps. It helps you to, to maintain that early rising pattern because you have to remember that becoming a morning person again or basically changing your sleep schedule literally will not happen overnight. Actually, the more deep seated your sleep patterns are, the longer it'll take to reprogram them. So be easy on yourself. Again, it's not going to happen overnight. And while it's perfectly fine to let yourself hit that snooze button on a weekend morning or when you're on vacation, try to stick to your new schedule as much of the time as possible. Because in the long run, it's that type of consistency that'll deliver the best results overall. And don't be afraid to go to the experts. Unless week's episode we walked we talked about getting your behind to the doctor you know what i'm saying this holds true here as well get yourself to a sleep specialist if you feel 
the need to do so. Like, if you're not getting the results you need, consider working with a specialist at a sleep center. So if your sleep is disrupted, uh, you're having insomnia, or you want to work toward a different sleep schedule, a sleep study could help you better understand your body's needs and, and patterns. Now, obviously, you may want to start by consulting you with your doctor to find out whether there's an underlying medical condition that's essentially contributing to any sleep difficulties you're having. <laughs> and if not, then move on up to the specialist because there's so many reasons why your sleep patterns might be out of whack and you just won't know until you get that professional opinion. There's also so many factors involved with this as well. Everything from hormonal changes to stroke to um, you know seasonal impacts and even the latitude of your home can affect your sleep patterns. So where in the world you live can have a negative or positive impact on whether you're a morning versus a night person. So if your health, your job, your family, education, or personal goals require you to be an early riser or you know a morning bird, <laughs> then it's possible to make a slow, steady, and gradual change in your natural sleeping habits. You know, it, again, it might take time to make these changes and you might fall back into your natural genetically set routine at, at, a, at a certain point, but there are steps you can take to become more of a morning person right now. Diet and exercise can help you adjust your sleep schedule. New nighttime routines and an earlier bedtime will definitely make a difference. And you might find that changing the lighting in your sleeping environment also helps. And once you start getting up earlier, keep track of any positive effects. You know, reward yourself often and remind yourself of your overall goals and objectives if you find that, you know, the going gets tough, as they say, at some point, because it generally does, you know? <laughs> Just remember, changing your chronotype is not easy. Again, I reiterate, I can't emphasize it enough <laughs> that changing your chronotype, you know, whether your genetically um, disposition, your genetic disposition to being a night person versus, you know, you might even want to get some expert help if these strategies don't work for you. And if you still find that you're not bouncing out of bed, alert, wide awake, and ready to go at the crack of dawn, then just know that chronotype diversity in general is on the rise and it's not necessarily a bad thing. This world is made of so many different people, so many different types of people, and you being a night person doesn't mean anything bad versus being a morning person. That's just who you are. But for the sake of this podcast episode, these tips are if you're a night person and trying to be, you know, trying to slip switch that, trying to flip that, trying to become a morning person. So that's it, you guys. That's my show for today. I hope you found some valuable information here. And if nothing else, I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring you a little manly sunshine to your day. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me. It's very much appreciated. On next week's episode, we'll be going over the question, is eating fish healthy? <laughs> so you definitely don't want to miss out on that. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with me, then get on over to podcast dasplanation.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders community where I share even more raw behind the scenes stories, tips and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger each and every day. That's podcast.dasplanation.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.dasplanation.com slash VIP. Be in the know 
starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now and leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly one place where your vote truly matters. Until our next chat, take care now. Bye.